Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful Keep God's word on your lips Meditate on it day and night Be careful to do what it says Then you will truly be successful Yes, Jesus loves me Yes, Jesus loves me Welcome to day 55, y'all. The topic for today is Jesus saves and we are in the New Testament. We're starting with the gospel according to Matthew, Matthew 1, 1 through 21. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac and Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. And Judas begat Phares and Zara of Thamar. And Phares begat Ishram. And Ishram begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminadab. And Aminadab begat Nason. And Nason begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Booz of Rechab. And Booz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon begat Roboam, and Roboam begat Abiah, and Abiah begat Asa. And Asa begat Josaphat, and Josaphat begat Joram, and Joram begat Ozias. And Ozias begat Joatham, and Joatham begat Achaz, and Achaz begat Ezekias. And Ezekias begat Manasseh, and Manasseh begat Amon. And Amon begat Josias, and Josias begat Jeconias, and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias begat Salathiel, and Salathiel begat Zerobabel, and Zerobabel begat Abiyad, and Abiyad begat Eliakim, and Eliakim begat Azor. And Azor begat Zadok, and Zadok begat Achim, and Achim begat Eliad. And Eliad begat Eleazar, and Eleazar begat Mathan, and Mathan begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, 
for he shall save his people from their sins. And that ends our reading for today. The topic again is Jesus saves. We live in a world that wants to know why. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why is the earth round? Why do bad things happen to good people? The smarter we become as a species, the more we want to know why. In the same way, it is important that you fully know why Jesus's love supersedes any other version of love out there. The answer is found in Matthew 1.21 and John 3.16. Matthew 1.21 says, And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Within both of these verses, lie the central themes of Christianity, God's gift of salvation, eternal life, and faith, all wrapped around one major ribbon in verb form, love. God loved us so much that he gave his only son. Let's focus on two things here. First, love gives. If you say, I love you, but you're not willing to give something to confirm that declaration, then it is not love. Second, Christ-like love gives something valuable. John 3.16 says he gave his one and only son. God didn't have several divine children in heaven waiting to be chosen. No, he gave us his only when he gave us Christ. He gave us his best while we were at our worst. Let that sink in for a moment. His love is beyond human comprehension. Just think, Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. Before our conduct deserved it, he died. Before our actions could appreciate it, he died. In the same way God's love for us was not based on conduct, our love for others must not be based on conduct. This was the love Jesus displayed for a people who did not even accept him. His love was unflinching. His love was unconditional. His love was not predicated on reciprocity. This is agape love. And this is why Jesus's love ranks number one as the greatest love of all. Now, I really want to play Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All right now, but I'm sure it will distract someone from the main message, so I must hurry along. Now, where was I? Oh, Jesus loves. Yes, Jesus saves. Yes, got it. Listen, it's easy to love people you like. It takes Christ to love people you don't. This is why Jesus's statement about love is a bold one. He announces to us that the way the world will know we are his followers is not by the crosses around our necks, our attendance at worship services, or the Bibles we throw in the windows of our cars. The way the world will know us to be his followers is by our love. When Jesus teaches about the first and second commandment in Matthew 22, Jesus is not talking to new converts. He is talking to Jews who are well aware of the 613 commandments given from God at Mount Sinai. So their ears perk up and he tells them in Matthew and in John, love one another as I have loved you. 
The challenge is not to love on our level. The challenge is to love others like Jesus loved us. How does he love us, you ask? Without condition. How does he love us? Without expectation. How does he love us? With endless grace and mercy, forgiveness and faithfulness. He is faithful when we are fickle. He is lovable when we're unlikable. His instructions are clear. Our understanding of them required several different parables to really wrap our minds around it. So let me put it to you this way. Before you take new medication, the pharmacist always advises you to read the directions. If you don't, you may miss some important instructions that are necessary for your healing. And in the same way, many Christians read and know John 3.16, but the problem is we don't often think about or pay attention to the verse that follows it. Consider the next verse as well. And you will see the harmony between Matthew 1.21, which we read today, and John 3.16, verse 17 as well. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. There you have it. Once again, Jesus is found doing something his followers are not. Christ came to save. He did not come to condemn. Whereas Christians tend to use condemnation as bait towards salvation. Jesus came to give. Christians often take. His was a ministry of reconciliation. Ours is often a ministry of judgment. It's the craziest marketing strategy in the world. This idea that guilting people into salvation will cause them to love God more. But it does not work. Remember, worshipers, Jesus didn't come to drown people in the pool of sin. He came to save people from their sins. And as Christ's representatives, we must follow the leader. And I could spend the next 40 days proving this to you in the New Testament. But but suffice it to say that all throughout Scripture, we witness a love that doesn't judge. When the woman is caught in the act of adultery, Jesus extends mercy When the disciples act out of character, Jesus forgives again and again. Jesus doesn't react out of emotion. He responds by revelation. That means he considers every action and reaction through the lens of his father's heart. Our challenge is to ask the right love questions every time we feel our emotions taking over. Would Jesus yell like this? Would Jesus shut down like this? Would Jesus withhold like this? Would Jesus condescend someone like this? The love of God is not just attitudinal, it is dispositional. Everything he did on earth was through the lens of love and salvation. So follow the leader. Make it your personal goal to live with a disposition of love. Let everyone with whom you come into contact know by your love, by your smile, your generosity, your kindness, that you are his disciple. Why? Because Jesus saves. So what is your worship work today? I want you to reflect on your story of salvation and share it with someone today. I find that when we remind ourselves of the moment we got saved, it empowers us to remember that without him. We are nothing. Jesus saves.
For me. 
That we make them say, whoa. 